You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. This morning I'm going to be ministering how never to, to, to lose out on what God has given you in your life. And when I use that term, lose out, I'm talking about all the packages, all the gifts, all the things that are within the package of salvation. Many people lose out because Satan, it says, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he, doesn't, he not only wants your goods, he wants to destroy you personally. And what I don't want to do is end up in the end of my life and lose out on what God has promised me or what he's led me in. And so as we look at these truths today, I want you to say this to yourself. I'm not losing out on anything. Say it with me. I'm not going to lose out on anything. I'm going to receive everything that God has led me and directed me in my life. Praise God. But I want to start with what the Bible refers to as the judgment seat of Christ. Now, before I actually read the verse, let me give you a little background on the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, it is debatable. Some people believe it occurs during the catching away of the saints before the great tribulation, during that seven-year period of time. Other people believe it happens at the end of the great tribulation before Jesus actually comes back to the earth. But there is going to be the judgment seat of Christ, and it says that all those who have believed will stand before him and their works will be judged. Now, I want to read the text here. You'll find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we'll begin reading in the 12th verse. It says this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved so as through fire. For, for do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now watch this next part. If anyone defiles the temple, the word there defile means ruin or corrupt, of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, first of all, it's telling us that God then, not in this life, but in the life to come, everyone that believed on him will stand before him, and our works will be tested with fire. And if it survives the test, he says that God will give us an eternal reward. Not just a temporal reward, but an eternal reward. So it's really something quite significant to receive an eternal reward. And it says that if a person's works are burned up by fire, it says that he will still escape as a man through fire. In other words, he'll still inherit the kingdom of God, but not with all the special treasures and blessings that he could have had if his works had survived the fire. But then at the end of it, he says something very unique. He says, if anyone defiles or corrupts the body, I believe he's referring to the body of Christ, it said God himself will destroy that person. 
Now, there's two ways you can interpret this that I've heard. One way is some people believe that this is maybe the sin unto death. Uh, or let me say it to this way. Um, you remember the story in 1 Corinthians 5 where the man that was involved with the incest? Paul said, when you gather together, come together and hand him over for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit might be saved in the day of judgment. In other words, if he doesn't, die, if he doesn't repent, he's going to die physically from his sin. But at least he'll go to heaven. Can you say amen? Some people look at it from that standpoint. I don't believe that's what it's referring to, and let me tell you why. Because the judgment seat of Christ is not in this life. It's in the life to come. And that means there's no physical death. When your spirit leaves the body, you can't die physically in heaven. Amen? So I believe he's talking about what the apostle John talked about, which was the sin unto death. He said, if somebody's committed the sin unto death, he says, don't even pray for them. Now, only God knows when somebody's committed the sin unto death. I've seen people that have done it. At least I bear witness, or the Spirit bears witness in me that they did. And those individuals says, don't even pray for them. Why? Because you can't restore them. They're lost forever. Amen? Say this with me. I'm so glad I'm saved. But you can readily see from the text that there is things we can lose. You can lose your healing, you can lose your prosperity, you can lose your family, you can lose all those things if you don't use the Word of God in the right way that you should. In Mark chapter 5, there's a very interesting verse, in, uh, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 24 to 25, and it says this after Jesus taught on the sower, the sower of the Word. He said, take heed what you hear. Now, he's not talking about other things that you hear. He's talking about hearing the Word. Take heed what you hear concerning the word, for with what use you use it, it says it's measured back to you. And it says more will be given. But then he goes on and says, but if you have nothing, even what you have will be taken from you. So it's a verse that says, listen, if you use the word that God gives you, more will be multiplied to you and even more will be given. But if you don't use it, even what you have will be taken from you. So they're pretty serious. Now, here's the part I want you to see. We're only going to lose out on things that we didn't use the word in it. In other words, use it or lose it. Come on, turn to someone and say it with me. Lose it or, lo or use it or lose it. If you want to succeed financially, you've got to use the truth on stewardship and giving in your life, if you do, more will be added to you. If you want your marriage to be great, you're going to have to use what the scriptures say about marriage and apply it in your life, and your marriage will be better in your life. You know, I've talked to many couples who have marriage problems. And many times, the marriage fails. And it usually fails simply because maybe the husband or maybe the wife uh, they get disgruntled or whatever, and then they stop coming to church. They stop participating. And it's only a matter of time because they're not using the word and they're not hearing the word. They eventually causes the marriage to fall apart. If you don't 
Take heed what you hear and use it. More is not going to be added to you. Now, in Romans 13, 11, it says this, and this is a very powerful verse. It says that we are to awaken. Awaken, he says. And he says, for we are near now to our salvation than when we first believed. Which tells me that when you get saved, it's not all over. It tells me that we have to believe in faith while we're here. We have to endure to the end, he says, and you'll be saved. And it's not just, I got saved at Billy Graham Crusade. Or I got saved at the river and it's all done. There's a process of awakening and following God all of our life. Now, now what I'm about ready to share with you today is not to destroy the security that you have in Christ. Every, every believer needs to be secure in Christ. But I am going to show you that it takes faith to be secure. Peter said this. He said, we are kept by the power of God through faith. Once you stop using your faith, once you stop believing your faith, once you stop applying your faith, you lose your security. I remember I heard this illustration years ago, and it was about security. And what they were talking about was when they built the Golden Gate Bridge, one of the problems was they weren't meeting the deadlines. Everything was taking longer than it should because the people that were working on the Golden Gate Bridge were afraid they would slip and fall to their death. So the engineers got together said, we have to fix this. So they engineered a net that they placed underneath the Golden Gate. So while people were working on it, they knew that if they slipped and fall, they'd be caught by the net. They might break an arm, may break a leg, but they wouldn't at least perish if they slipped and fell. Now, in one sense, that's true about the Word. If you're hearing the Word and using the Word, you got all the assurance in the world that if you slip and stumble, God's grace is going to catch you. Say amen. But if you stop hearing and stop doing the Word, there isn't a net for you. In other words, you can lose everything that you want from your salvation, including your salvation. Now, some people won't preach this. I believe that faith takes an effort on your part. God doesn't make you believe. You got to decide to cast down those thoughts. You got to decide to speak in faith. You got to decide to desire something better in your life than what you've got. You got to decide I'm going to be more than a conqueror. You got to decide I'm the head and not the tail and above and not beneath. You got to use your energy, should I say, in that sense for your faith to work or be successful. And a lot of people don't seem that's true. In fact, I'm going to share something with you. You know, I've mentioned this many times, preaching that going to church on a regular basis is essential for Christian growth. I'm not talking about watching online. I'm talking about being in church. And just write this down and you can do a study for yourself. Study the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. In the 10th chapter, at the end of the chapter, he talks about the sin unto death that there is no restoration for. 
But before he mentions that sin, he says this to the people. He says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints as is the habit of some. But encourage one another as you see the day approaching. Why? Because you could go into church, you, you, could, you, get, you, you get yourself outside of the atmosphere of God's presence, outside of the atmosphere of God moving in your life, and you put yourself in a place where you have less and less and less and less faith. Well, I'm watching you on YouTube. I, listen, I appreciate that. That's wonderful. But it doesn't replace going to church. You need to be in a body of, a body of believers worshiping God. I don't really care if it's popular in this generation. I'm telling you what the Word says. I've seen more and more people fall away because they stop going to church because they don't think they need to go to church and they end up later on in their life not having a relationship at all with God and they fall away from the faith and at the very least they lose many of the rewards that they could have in Jesus Christ. We've got to rise up and say, no, I'm going to practice the word. What I hear, I will use. Hallelujah. And when you think about losses in Scripture, one of my favorite examples was the difference between King Saul and King David. King Saul was given a promise by God that if you obey him and follow him with all your heart, that God would establish his throne forever. In other words, when Jesus came, he would rule on the earth through the throne of, of Saul. But what happened to Saul? He lost the Holy Spirit. And that promise never happened to him in his life. The same promise given to Saul was given to David. But David repented even though he sinned. He repented. And the Bible says in the end, in, end times that Jesus Christ is going to reign on the throne of David. Hallelujah. So what a loss. Saul lost so much. He lost the anointing. He lost the Holy Spirit. It was so bad that the demons were tormenting him so bad that he brought in David who would play on the harp and begin to sing. And when David sang in the spirit, the spirit of God would fall and he had release from the demons because he was in a church service. Amen. Hallelujah. But he lost all that. What I'm about ready to share with you is really close to my heart. It's hard for me to preach it because uh, God's spirit has affected me in such a powerful way all these years but I want to say this that you can lose your anointing you can lose the Holy Spirit in your life I know people don't believe that but here's something I've learned and you never have to worry about losing your anointing if you do this if you hunger for God the way you did before God ever gave you anything did you hear me if you can hunger for him after he's given you things the same way that you did before you didn't have anything, before the bills weren't paid, before you were healed, before the marriage was restored, before the kids came back to God, before any of that, if you can hunger for him the same way that you did when you were desperate for him, if you can do that, you will never lose the anointing in your life. The Holy Spirit will be strong in your life. But it's that seeking after him. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize about the Holy Spirit is 
the only way that you could ever have a fresh relationship with God is through the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get it from intellectual knowledge. You're going to get it when the Holy Spirit bears witness to the Scriptures. It's not going to happen. Why do you think we worship? Because when we worship, there's a manifestation of God in the service. When you worship, the joy of the Lord's Lord comes into your heart. When you worship, the presence of God becomes manifested. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit in that sense, you're never going to be able to really prevent the devil from stealing from you. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. You need a fresh word. You remember in the Old Testament, that story where God took Israel and he, and he said, I'm going to give them bread, but it's going to come from heaven. Remember, it came down. And God said, don't save it for, save it for the next day. Eat everything that comes down. And then, but you remember someone, they got greedy and they took some, stored it up. And what happened? The worms ate it. Why? He's teaching us a principle. Here's the principle. It's a powerful principle. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God wants to give you a fresh word every day in your life. He wants to have a fresh illumination of his spirit in your life, of Jesus' words, teaching. He wants it to be fresh every day. He doesn't want you to live off what happened in the past. He wants you to live off what's happening right now. Today, the Spirit of God's ministering to me. Today, the Holy Spirit is ministering to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you've been in ministry as long as I have, you've seen hunger slip in people's lives. And it slips in the pastor's life sometimes, too. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10 says that the only way that you can know a, a man is from his spirit. His spirit knows everything about a man. And he says the Holy Spirit's the same thing about God. The only way you know everything about God is by spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals what Jesus is like. He reveals what God the Father is like. You can't know God without His Spirit. You can't know about God and be saved. You've got to know God to be saved. And the Holy Spirit is the only one that can reveal that to us. And I want to challenge a lot of you today because look in your life and think about it for a minute. Do you hunger for Him the way you did when you first met Him? Do you still sense his peace in your life and the joy in your life? Or, or, or are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Think about what it's like to grieve the Holy Spirit. How would you like to live in a house with a bunch of people that never spend any time with you? You go to your room, they don't eat with you. They don't talk with you. They don't fellowship with you. They just go about doing their things and you're just someone in the house. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't take time with Him. The Holy Spirit is grieved. God's grieved because you can only have a relationship with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you can only conquer what the devil tries to steal from you by the Word and the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit to confirm the Word, it won't work. 
Isaiah 59 verse 19 says this. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against it. It's the Holy Spirit that raises up when financial problems come. The Holy Spirit rises up a standard. When, when all hell breaks loose, the Holy Spirit rises up a standard. We've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can't know Jesus without his Spirit. We can't know God without his Spirit. You can't get the breakthroughs in your life without the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I trust that you understand what I'm saying here. In the church today, we want a convenient gospel. We want it to be quick and easy. We don't have to spend time. We don't want to sing for a while. You know why we sing so long? Because you need it. Because you're not all tuned up when you get here. You got cares of this world and fears and anxieties. And sometimes you got to offer up a sacrifice of praise for five, ten minutes before God breaks through with you. Whew. Not because we're trying to make things long. We're trying to minister to you by the Spirit. Because where the presence of the Lord is, Jesus is. And God's done so much to me. Every major move in my life, the Holy Spirit's always connected with it. If it's without the Spirit, it's the flesh. I said, if it's without the Spirit, it's the flesh. But whenever the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to the Word, you'll be able to overcome in your life. And you know what's great about it? You get the joy of the Lord. You Woo! You got true peace, not artificial peace but peace you can have in the midst of a storm you know the other night I was watching the news and I was very grieved about what happened to Israel those 3,000 missiles that hit Israel and the terrorists that crossed over and they took people out of their homes and half dressed and now they're in captivity and God knows what they're going to do to them I know one thing, they'll put them wherever uh, their strongholds are as a shield so that they can't get to them. In fact, I want to pray right now for Israel, if you'll join with me. Father, we pray right now for Israel. We thank you, Father, for protecting Israel. We thank you, Father, for your holy vengeance. Thank you for bringing forth justice. Thank you, Lord, for giving them power to overcome this wicked evil that has attacked them for no reason at all. Father, thank you for this. And Father, we pray that all the nations in the world would, would join their side. And we thank you for driving out this evil menace from the devil. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God praise, God. I tell you, it's powerful. But I'm going to say something here about the Holy Spirit that is very scary to me. I've seen people who have lost the anointing in the Spirit. It's terrifying. David committed adultery and eventually murder to cover up his sin 
because Bathsheba got pregnant. And he was hiding this sin in his life. The prophet Nahum came and exposed him. And what's powerful about the story is that David prayed this prayer. Listen to the prayer. He said, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me or cast me out of your presence. Now, a lot of people, they say, well, pastor, that, you know, that's the Old Testament. They didn't have eternal security like we have in the New Testament. Now, wait a minute. Hold it. The teaching everybody harps about eternal security is found in John chapter 10, where whoever's in God's hands, he doesn't lose any. Remember that? When was that preached? Before the cross or after the cross? Before the cross. Before the cross. And we get the idea that it's unconditional. When he lays a condition on it, he said, those who hear, talking about the sheep, those who are my sheep hear me. That means continually hear. And those who follow me, that means continually follow me. Naturally, if they're in God's hand, no one's going to be able to take them out. But you can pull yourself out of God's hand if you resist him and resist him and resist him and you resist him and you resist him. And that's why David prayed, take not the Holy Spirit from me or cast me out of your presence. But pastor, you don't understand. The Bible says that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit and it's a guarantee. You're not reading the scriptures right. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 said this. After you believed, you were sealed with the Spirit. And then what does it say? Who is our guarantee? The Spirit is the guarantee. Not the fact that you're sealed. It's the fact that if you've got the Holy Spirit residing in you, it's a guarantee that when Christ comes back, you will be taken out of this place. It's a guarantee that you've got eternal life. Hallelujah! It's like an insurance policy. I got insurance on my car. If I get in an accident, I know the insurance is going to pay for it. But if I neglect to make my insurance payments and I get canceled on the insurance, then what good is it going to do to walk around and say, hey, I'm insured. They'll take care of it. They won't take care of it. Insurance was canceled. We're seeing more and more people in the church today, their insurance uh, policy being canceled. I want you to say to yourself, I am not going to get canceled. I'm going to get blessed. I'm not going to go under. I'm going to go over. I'm not going to be broken down. I'm going to be on top of it. I'm not going to be sick. I'm going to do well. I'm not going to be out of it. I'm going to be on top of it. Come on, church. That's what God's called you to have. But it's going to take that ambition within your spirit to use your faith. See, we get this idea that faith is, uh, I don't, you know, faith, God gives it to me. I don't really have to do anything. Wait, 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 wait. Faith takes much effort. Much effort. I said much effort. David would not have recovered all if he had next size great effort. You remember, he comes home, everything's burnt, homes are burnt, children are gone, wives are gone. And he goes to tell the Lord, the Lord says you're going to recover all. There were 600 men, three of them or 300 of them were so tired, they could not get on their horses to go to fight. 
And David came out of there and said, let's go, guys. 300 got on their horses and rode up. He was dog tired. His body said, we can't do this, but his faith said, you can do this. See, that's the thing about faith. Faith will always cause your thinking to change. When you got faith, you raise the bar of your thinking. Yeah, in the natural, I can't, but with the power of God, I can. And he rode out and fought a battle totally exhausted. Don't tell me that faith doesn't exert itself. It does. So I think sometimes we miss the moment when it comes to that in our life. Now, I'm going to mention something here at this point that may be disturbing, but it's truth. We all come to church and we experience the Holy Spirit. Whether through the conviction of the Spirit, whether the Holy Spirit revealing something to you, we all experience that manifestation. I had a mother one time tell me this. She said, I said, how come you're not bringing your kids to church? She said, well, I don't want them to get hard-hearted towards it because every time they come, the Holy Spirit is so strong and the, the message is so convicting and so forth, and I just feel like they're, they're getting harder and harder towards God. Now, bless her heart, she's trying to do the right thing, but without faith, you can't get saved. You're not going to get saved because you avoid church. You're going to get saved because you go to church. Say amen, praise God. But I understood what she was saying, that there's a hardening that can happen when you're under the influence of the Spirit, and then you don't respond to it. And that's what Paul meant in Hebrews 6, verse 4 through 6, when he talked about the sin unto death. He says, he says, it is impossible, verse 4, for those who have been once enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away to renew them again to repentance. It's impossible. For they crucify afresh the Lord Jesus Christ. Now all those descriptions are descriptions of the Holy Spirit affecting us. The Holy Spirit illuminated it to you where you see it. Well, I didn't see it before. Now I see it. And tasting the heavenly gift is receiving Christ as your Savior. He is the gift from above. And partaking of the Holy Spirit means that these were not Christians that had never been baptized in the Spirit. These are people that were in a full gospel church. These were tongue talkers. These were people that experienced the Holy Spirit in their life. And then he says, tasted the word of God. In other words, they they got revelation from the word. And experienced the power of the age to come. You know what that means? The gifts of the Spirit were operating in their life. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Discerning of spirits. Visions, dreams, tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of healing. They experienced it. But yet something happened as they were influencing that. They didn't like the persecution 
And they started withdrawing from it a little at a time. This is 40 years after the resurrection, by the way. It didn't start in the beginning. It was down the road. They finally got to the place, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep being a Christian. The persecution's too rough. And, and they started to doubt that Jesus was the Son of God and that his blood was shed for him. That's why in the 10th chapter it says that they trodden underfoot the blood of Jesus that sanctified them and considered it as unholy. You can't be saved without being sanctified. Clearly someone that's saved. And you say, I would never do that. Really? I'm telling you according to the scriptures, anyone, I don't care how far you are up in the faith, you can get to a place where you begin to question your faith altogether. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe there's God, but maybe, you know, I don't know if there's Jesus. Maybe God saves for all these other different religions, so forth and so forth and so forth. Anybody can do it. It's a process of hardening that comes when you become callous to what the Spirit is saying. I've heard that before. Pastors have been telling people to tie for years. I've been telling them. I, you know, I know this whole lead of it. I, I'm under a lot of pressure. I don't agree with that. And all of a sudden, you start resisting. Resisting. Then you start showing up church less and less. Well, let's watch them online. It's the same thing. After a while, when's the last time you watched me online? Online. And then all of a sudden, the philosophy of the world comes in. Demons start speaking to you. You start justifying your lack of commitment. How many people you know that never go to church that say they're Christians? You talk to the same people, and if they're honest with you 10 years later, a lot of them will say, well, I don't really believe the way I used to. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good here. I want you to see this. The Holy Spirit wants you to keep responding to him. That is the only way that you can be sure that you're sure that you're sure when life, the candle life goes out on you, that you're going to go from this life to the life to come. That's the only way that you can know for sure. You can't know it any other way. You can't. See, the thing is you can lose healing. You can lose salvation. Oh, I don't know about that, Pastor. Whatever. I'm telling you what the Word says. You can lose it. Paul said if you don't continue in God's goodness, you'll be cut off just like Israel was cut off. And Paul was a grace teacher. But he knew you could be cut off. Hallelujah. I know we're happy this morning. We, I know you like this message. I know you're going to give God praise right now. That truth is coming forth for you and your family. Keep going to church. Keep hearing the word. Keep believing God. Keep saying the word. Come on. Keep casting down every thought and imagination that comes against the word of God. Your faith will not, I mean, God won't keep you without your faith. Without it, it's not going to work in your life. You're going to fail. And some of you go, oh, Pastor, you know, I've been believing and, and this didn't happen and, and that didn't happen. I want to give you an encouraging word. Seasons always come. You may have missed last year's season. 
But there's this year's season. You may have screwed your life up for years, but you still have new seasons. So today for tomorrow's season. See, what we do is we take scriptures and we misrepresent them. The one particularly is in 1 John. It says, those that left us were never of us. If there would have been of us, they would have remained with us. So it's basically saying the people that left were not of us. But read the context. Talking about false teachers. He's saying these false teachers never came from us. If they would have came from us, they would have stayed with us. That's all he's talking about. I know people that have fallen in their faith and been out of church for 10 years, 20 years. I met somebody 20 years. They had been out of church and they're back now serving the Lord. So don't tell me because you left the church that you're not of the church. You could still be of the church and leave. He's not talking about talking about false teachers that were bringing in false teachers trying to corrupt the church. That's what he's talking about. We got to quit looking for reasons not to continue. We got to stop looking for stop looking for reasons not to obey him. We got to stop looking for reasons to give ourselves an excuse not to follow the faith. God wants you to hear and follow, hear and follow, hear and follow. Come on, come on, come on. He wants you to hear and follow him. And when you do so, it will bless you. Now, I want everybody to stand up right now because I'm going to share with you a very powerful truth. And it will show you what we're talking about today. We're talking about eternal life. Eternal life. Most people that you talk to in the church have no idea what eternal life is. They think eternal life is living forever. That's not what eternal life is. I'll make it real clear. John 17, 3 tells us what eternal life is. It says, this is eternal life, that you would believe in the only God and Father and Jesus Christ who he sent. That's what he says eternal life is, to know the Father and the Son. That's eternal life. He said, what do you mean? Listen to me. They didn't have eternal life in the Old Testament like we do. They didn't have it. David, though, believed that he would live forever. Remember when his, his, his baby died? He said, I won't be with him right now, but I'll be with him later. He's the one that said that God wouldn't keep him in the grave. In other words, the Old Testament saints believe that when you died, you live forever. The question is where you want to live. Amen? Eternal life is more than that. Eternal life is experiencing the life of God in your life. That's what it is. When I, believe, when I gave my life to Christ, as soon as I confessed him as Lord, a weight lifted off me. And for the first time in my life, I had a peace that passed all understanding. It was the peace of God. For the first time in my life, I experienced the joy of God. For the first time in my life, I experienced the love of God. It was his life I was experiencing in my life. Here's the, here's the clincher. You'll never experience eternal life without using your faith and acting on it. Jesus said it this way. If you continue in the truth, what did he say? You shall know the truth. And the experience that comes from that truth 
will set you free. Praise God we can cast all our cares upon the Lord. Praise God that we can have the peace of God. Praise God we can have the joy of the Lord. So when we talk about eternal life, we're talking about God's life inside of you. But you're not going to experience it if you worry all the time. You're not going to experience it if you don't release the joy of the Lord in your life and you can't do it without answered prayer. He said, ask whatever you want in my name and I'll give it to you so that your joy might be made full. Jesus said, I, I, I don't want you to worry about the world. He says, I'm going to give you a peace the world can't give you. It's that peace. That's eternal life. And we all have it if you have Christ. Now, here's the good part. Daniel said this. He said, those who know their God shall do great exploits. It's in knowing God through the Holy Spirit that we're able to do great things. Can't do it any other way. It's through that. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together.